0: with another episode of Live On Purpose Radio. Joining me today is an author, speaker, a lady with an inspiring story. Her name is Gina DeFay. Gina, welcome to Live On Purpose Radio.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Paul. I'm happy to be here.
0: You know, I was looking at your book, Gina, and it's called The Parakeet Drawing. And I'm thinking, hmm, Maybe I get to interview this lady about sketching. (laughs) But that's not what it's about. This is your story. It's kind of a memoir, really, of of a life that you didn't necessarily sign up for. Very true. But you learned a lot of things from it. And uh, I think rather than me trying to summarize that story, I would just invite you to give us the background here. Where are you coming from with this book? And, and what inspired you to go this direction?
1: Sure. I'm, I'm happy to share. Uh, the book was never planned. I never planned on writing a memoir. Uh, I, I did come from uh, a home full of abuse. Very much. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of children that go through that in their childhood abuse in a lot of different ways. Right. Uh, I was an only child in a home with, with two alcoholics, my mom and my stepdad. Um, and they, they, uh, they didn't, they didn't want children around, you know, they wanted a party lifestyle. It was just full and full and full of dysfunction. Um, in, in many ways, um, I was molested for many years. I, they oh. would leave me alone. You know, I would come home from school, you know, you're eight, nine years old. I would come home from school and, and they wouldn't come home sometimes for days. And so, you know, it was kind of my, oh. yeah. So, you know, and it, it, it I went through about five years of that mm-hmm. and then uh when i when I got out of that situation, I went to live with my dad and you know my life didn't necessarily get a lot easier, but the piece in between was was a man uh, who taught me how to draw a parakeet, and so that's oh, where the name really? of the story comes from. yes, okay and, yeah, that one you know random act of kindness of a complete stranger who saw a little girl in a horrific situation, he changed really who I would become. And I didn't realize it at the time at all. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and in fact, I, I just knew he told me everything would be okay. And I I chose to believe that (laughs) as naive as that might sound, I just thought, well, if one nice person can come along my path at 12 years old, there, there will be others. And I really uh, purposefully went through life believing that and have, and have held on to that. And, and life hasn't always been mm-hmm. easy. Um, but because of that, I've, I've had just really cool situations that have happened to me where I connected with people and, and later found it were, was a lot of times hurting people. Um, or people that were going through trying times. And so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, about two years ago, uh, I'm a Christian and, um, you know, God just really spoke to me in a a couple of ways over the last couple of years. But about two years ago, I was doing the dishes in my kitchen and he said, so you're going to write a book. And I can remember (laughs) I was like loading the dishwasher and I was thinking, well, I don't know how that's going to happen, God, because I can barely write a sentence. So I don't know what you're talking (laughs) about. (laughs) (laughs) you know uh, Gina,
0: as, (laughs) as you share this story it's i'm i'm over here chuckling a little bit because i have the opportunity to talk to so many people like yourself who have such powerful inspiring stories and you didn't pick your story it's more like your story picked you
1: absolutely
0: and as you've had an opportunity to now share that story with others, you can see that it's it's not just about you. It, all this stuff happened to you, but as you're sharing this history of that included alcoholism, not yours, the people who were in charge of you, alcoholism, drugs, sex, molestation, all these nasty words we don't even like to talk about. And You know, Gina, in my early career, I was primarily a child and adolescent psychologist, and I worked with a lot of kids who unfortunately were in that position. And it's so disruptive and so harmful. But I think the even more harmful part of it is how it sometimes programs people to believe something that's not true that they're a victim, that they have no choice. I mean, not about what happened to them. Yeah, you're a victim of crime or abuse, but there's a victim mentality too. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And that can be even more damaging or more captivating than, than the abuse itself because people mm-hmm. get into a mindset where they feel helpless or that there's, their life is totally ruined. hmm You've learned some things about that, haven't you?
1: I have. I have. You know, it's... It's. I, I don't know why this is. I, I tried to write a little bit about it in the book. And when I verbalize it to people that I I didn't necessarily feel like I was a victim. I think from the, the molestation, a lot of times people feel that. Yeah. And again, Dr. Paul, I don't know why this is. I mean, it, to me, it's just all a God thing. I, I did never felt... Like that was my fault. I knew there was my stepdad Ugh. that that was his choice was very clear. What I really struggled with from all of it was the abandonment from my mom mm. um, because she was, she was there when it was happening. Um, she was part of the process of, um, you know, she was just living her life. She wasn't a part of a process. She was just doing whatever she wanted to and not thinking about there was a child there. And so yeah. I really went through my adult life um, trying to purposefully break a pattern, but all the time feeling I wasn't worthy of being loved.
0: Oh, wow. Which, which is so hard. I I believe this and I've got other colleagues in the industry who I think would back this up as well. The thing that kids need the most is to feel and understand that they are unconditionally loved.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And we don't usually get that in situations like what you're describing. If there's, if there's chronic addiction patterns or abuse that's, that's recurring, especially from people who should be trusted. Yes. That can be so damaging. But you know what, Gina? I love that your story is not one about victimhood. It's a story about agency. (laughs) Can I use that word? Uh, You don't have to be defined by these terrible, horrible, awful things that have happened to you in your past. And you shared that there there was a person in your life, this man who showed up and gave you another option in terms of yes. what you believe, what you believe about yourself, what you believe about the world.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, That's absolutely. so empowering. And
0: now you're sharing that story with others, that that same empowering story, that there's another way that we can move forward from all of this stuff that can happen to us.
1: Yes, yes. And I, I think it's, you know, when you recognize it, you know, I recognized it at that age and I was so desperate. There was nobody in my life really that that saw me until this stranger came along. And I just remember waking up the next day and thinking, gosh, if there's one person like that in the world, there has to be more. And so I was almost on a mission to find them. Like, who's going to be nice to me? You know, and you're, you're you know, it was probably around 11 at the time, you know, who are the kind people? And you know, my world wasn't set up that way. You know, it really, it wasn't. And when, when you're going through a home life situation like that, um, the, the, I was existing in it. So even going to school, I have no memories of school. I have no memories of my teachers. I have no memories of friends. Like I just, my memories are walking home from school. I can see that very clearly that mm-hmm. path because and touching the doorknob, you know at the apartment we lived in because i just wasn't sure whatever was going to happen on the other side and so you know in in going getting getting out of that situation and then going through life trusting that good people would come along i'm I, i'm probably overly grateful to a lot of people you know they'll they'll do one little thing and i'm just all gush about it and i make a big deal uh-huh. about it i'm like it. You know, they're like, "This is just what people do." I'm like, "No, not really, not really." They don't not have to. You get to make yeah. a choice. Yeah, you're wow. making a choice to do something really kind for me, and I'm going to make sure you know that I really appreciate it. Hmm.
0: Wow. so many elements of this, Gina, that I think we can we can dive into as as we come back from this first break. I would love to learn a little bit more about the principles that you've been able to identify through this experience, maybe even because of this experience that can help empower us to move forward. Does that sound good to you? Sounds good. Folks, this is Gina DeFay at Live On Purpose Radio, and we will be right back. DrPaulJenkins.com, and we're back. Gina DeFay at Live On Purpose Radio today. Gina, your story, while it's it's unique because of you and who you are and the specific circumstances. It's really not extraordinary in the sense that, unfortunately, these kinds of stories are happening all around us all the time. And you said something in the first half that I wanted to follow up with you about. And it has to do with breaking patterns. Because all we know as children is whatever we're trained, taught, and educated to know. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. You came into a a real blessing in your life where, where you got to see that there's other ways to do life. And then you intentionally, as you've raised your own children have chosen a different way. Can you talk about that a little bit? I think that is significant.
1: Sure. Sure. So, um, I, I did know one of the things that was so important to me is having children. I wanted to get married. I wanted to have a family, uh, and then once I had my children, I had my first daughter, I realized I had no idea what to do. I, I didn't have any examples of parenthood from a mother as a woman and not having a mother. Um, and it was actually my first therapy experience was I I don't I was started having anxiety and just stressed about doing the right things. And so sought out some therapy and some help there. And and really realized I just wanted to purposefully raise my children differently, and so I had come from this chaotic and dysfunctional background. But it was generational. Um, my my mom, her family were most of them. Her grand her father was an alcoholic, and you know she came from that. Um, my dad came from a different type of dysfunction, um, and my dad was in my life, and he was the constant that I had that. Um, You know, I mean, I was they got divorced in the early 70s. So, you know, and I I grew up in Utah, so it was a little rarer to be a divorced family at that time.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. And
1: my dad saw me every Sunday. So I had some consistency with him and some love from him that I knew was good. I knew that this person who taught me how to draw the parakeet was good. And then I had my kids and fell apart uh, because I didn't know how to be a mom and so I, my therapist had me meet with other women that I thought were great moms and just learn from them. And it was so cool, you know, cause I was just very open. Hey, can you be a like surrogate mom? I know we're the same age, but can you help me? Cause I don't know how to oh. have a birthday party for my two-year-old and I'm, I want to do it right. You know, mm. I want her to have those things that I never had. And then I ended up having two more daughters and I've just been really, really intentional about Uh, giving them a good mental start in life, you know, Mm -hmm. giving them a good base. Um, You know, we talk about things, you know, I I definitely wanted to establish a parent guideline with some boundaries again, because I I wasn't used to boundaries. I wanted them to have boundaries, but I also wanted to be someone they would come to and talk to when they were going through their own things. Cause again, I never had that. And and so now there are three grown daughters and We were very, very close and um and we're all very, very independent at the same time living our own lives. And um, but but it's it's just really, really fun now to uh it's the thing I feel the most proud about that I that I broke a pattern, you know, and that they know the truth, you know, they know um they don't know all the dysfunction. I don't know if they'll read the book. It's up to them if they want to, but they they know the premise of the book and they know some of the dysfunction. And they know that, that I love them so much that I wanted to do something different and give them a good start in life. And that's just a great feeling.
0: Wow. That brings to mind so many principles for me that are so important. And probably the most obvious, but sometimes unseen principle here is the intentional choice that you made. It, it wasn't just, you're going to you know blindly do what you were trained taught and educated to do by your own mom, but that you you saw that there's there's a different way and you exercised a choice to intentionally change that up. You did it on purpose,
1: yeah, very much, very much
0: I wonder if that has any application to the other things we're doing in our parenting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And I've told my clients many times, you know, until we see it as a choice, it's not.
1: Yeah. mm -hmm.
0: Just roll with what we're programmed to do, you know?
1: Yeah. It's very true.
0: You had the gift, Gina, of, of someone helping you to see another way. It's, I'm, I'm really curious about the whole parakeet drawing, um, a story you know and what's behind that and you can share more about that story if you if you feel to but uh, this man who showed up in your life as someone who could could show you hey not everybody is abusive there are other ways to live I mean there's so much that's encaptured in that um, that event for you I don't know if it was an event or more of a process, you know, because it sounds like you had somewhat of a an ongoing connection with this person.
1: Yeah. He actually was a stranger. Um, my, my mom and my stepdad used to have these just crazy parties and they were terrifying to me. Uh, there'd be a lot of people drinking loud music. Um, and it got to a point where, you know, I would be in my room and, They would come in there they would have sex i'd be laying in the bed and they didn't they were so drunk or drugged they didn't realize i was there and so i was always looking for a safe place Uh when these parties happened. and so i used to hide under a table in the front room in the middle of the party there was a tablecloth over it my mom loved the table so she would cover it when i knew that's how there was going to be party that she would cover this table it was a fairly large table and i just crawled under it one time and it was probably the third time that i was under there and I was coloring and this man came under the table. And so of course I was in this situation thinking, gosh, am I safer under here with this one person or am I safer out there with that party that's going on? And, uh, and he, he, you know, just talked to me and I thought, well, I'm just going to stay under here. If he does something I, you know, and this is sad to it, you know, oh. 11 years old to, I was trying to figure out an escape route for my safety and, And he just spent probably an hour with me and colored with me and taught me. He he taught me how to draw um, a little Snoopy dog, too, that I cannot remember how to draw. (laughs) But Ah. the parakeet, um, I remembered. And when he got out from under the table, he just said, whenever you're scared, whenever you're worried, just draw the parakeet and everything is going to be okay." And I never saw him again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I've always drawn the parakeet when I'm when I'm stressed, it, it centers me back to, you know, there's goodness in the world. And, it, and it's funny because I'm in my, you know, mid fifties now and, and going through 30 years of drawing the parakeet, I'd kind of forgotten about the guy that taught me to draw the parakeet. I'd forgotten about the premise behind it, but I knew it was my release when I was really worried about something. So, you know, it, you'll see it in journals of mine. You'll see it. I had a bill book, you know, that when money was tight, I might be figuring out the bills and I would draw the parakeet, you know, like it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Wow. That little glimmer of hope. It's like it helped to ignite. You talk a lot about the light inside of you. Yeah. Um, And I'm also gathering from this that there, there are probably children in our world. Maybe they're our own children. But there are children in our world who need to get that message. Yes. Who need to receive it from, from the caring, good hearted adults in their life. Yes. And also Gina, I have to acknowledge, I hate abuse. I hate it. I've, I've had my own children. I've got grandchildren. I've worked with so many children over the years. No one deserves that. And you did not deserve that as a child. I'm glad that you had the experiences that led you to something else. As you've broken those patterns with your own family and as you're now courageously sharing your story so that hopefully um, those who need it will be able to receive it. I just, my hat goes off to you and I thank you for that.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And, you know, I do hope that um, that there's a that not just the generational changes, but that there's legacy that's changed in seeing other people. And so, you know, a lot of people who have read the book, they there's a there is a lot of, you know, empathy and understanding for the abuse. And 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 it's very I'm very open about it in there. It's I didn't hold it back anything to put it all down. Mm-hmm. Um, but my hope is that people will also take away from it that uh, I every day try to see people, you know, whether it's a smile that mm-hmm. somebody you're passing on the street or, you know, buying flowers for somebody in a grocery store or, you know, stopping a, a child on the street and, and, you know, talking to them, just little things that that walking out our door every day, it's amazing how just a kind word and a smile and a random act of kindness, can, can change the world. I believe, you know, this man did that for an hour and completely changed who I would become.
0: An hour investment of his time. Yeah. Changed a life.
1: Yeah.
0: And not just one because your daughters were beneficiaries of that same act.
1: Yes. Yes. So I, I do, I get up in the mornings and I have bad days. I've had many, many, many bad days. Um, but I do try to stop and say, okay, do you want to focus today on all of the pain and the hurt Mm -hmm. or do you want to focus on the difference that you can make because you did wake up today and you are walking out the door. Which one of those, what kind of day do you want to have today, Gina? I've had to have that conversation with myself Mm -hmm. a lot. So, yeah.
0: And, and you're reminding yourself that there's a choice involved here. Yes. It gets to be intentional. You know, that's what it's all about. At live on purpose. That's what we've branded this show live on purpose so that life's not pushing you around. You stay in choice, even when things like this happen to you, maybe especially when things like this happen to you.
1: Sure. Yeah. So
0: important to stay there. Folks, the book is called the parakeet drawing. Um, you can get this wherever you like to get your books. I'm, I see here, there's a link on your website, Gina, for uh, Amazon. Just yes, yeah. Where else do we buy books? I, you know, I'm used to, <laughs> okay, where can people get your book? Well, where else?
1: <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: Right. Fun, like yeah. <laughs> and uh, Gina DeFay and that's spelled D E F A. You don't have to put any extra Y in there anywhere. Right. <laughs> Gina Defay, uh, the parakeet drawing. Uh, Gina, what else are you are you offering to folks? I know you do speaking, and and you're happy to interact with people in other ways. What, where would you invite us to connect with you?
1: Yeah, so um, I have a Facebook page, Gina Defay, author. Uh, I'm on Instagram. That's new just in the past two weeks because my kids said I had to get a little more hip. So
0: <laughs> Gotta to hit the social media, mom.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so I'm on there just as Gina DeFay. I'm on LinkedIn as well. I'm a, I'm a leader in the financial and insurance industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've got a professional mm-hmm. page on there as well. And I work for a wonderful company that loves that. We're all we're all human beings and we go through our own things and, and, you know, it's, it doesn't separate us. We, it doesn't make us any different from who we are at work or who we are at home. So okay. I've got a professional page and I'm happy to interact in, on any of those platforms.
0: And that's part of your story. We didn't even get into today. That other life that you lead is a professional.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, but the,
0: the human side of this is so intriguing to me. And I appreciate so much your sharing this. Remember, folks, if you want to connect to Gina, it's Gina, G-I-N-A, DeFay, D-E-F-A. And just stop right there. Don't add the Y. Yep. <laughs> and the Parakeet Drawing is the book. Gina, thank you so much for joining us here today at Live On Purpose Radio.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Paul. I appreciate it.
0: You've heard it, it's time to act on what you've been inspired to do. It's time for all of us to now live on purpose.